1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On The Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. This is 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. My co-host and our real estate expert is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Well, as we head into week three of the federal election campaign, it seems housing, specifically affordable housing, has become a hot-button issue with all three major parties with plans and promises to help everyone, especially first-time buyers, achieve their dream of owning a home. And, Tina, with a close-up look at party platforms when it comes to home ownership, we have David Oikel, president of the Ontario Real Estate Association. David, welcome to On the Market. Uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you both. So, David, earlier this week, ARIA took issue with the Liberals' housing platform. What specifically is problematic in their promises? Well, we took issue with one item in the, in the, in the platform. Uh, you know, we're, uh, ARIA is delighted that all parties recognize that uh, home ownership is a, is a front-button, uh, front, uh, forefront election issue. Uh, you know, affordability is something that ARIA has been concerned about for a while. We've been talking about the need for supply, supply, supply for a while, uh, and uh, all three parties have uh, uh, put plans in place uh, to address that. So we're really delighted about that. Uh, lots of uh, good stuff in the Liberal platform. Uh, what we didn't like was the notion that uh, they would uh, bland, uh, ban blind bidding and uh, would uh, use the criminal code uh, to... Uh, to uh, take exception to people that uh, would use it. So we thought the use of the criminal code was a significant thing, and taking away consumer choice was something that we were not a fan of, so we wanted to make a statement uh, about both those things. And most definitely consumer choice, because although they did introduce or plan on introducing a home buyer's bill of rights, there's nothing in there for a home seller's bill of rights. You're absolutely right. I mean... uh, you know, you know that we've been speaking about consumer choice on all our matters for uh, for a long time as we went through the Real Estate and Business Brokers Act review, uh, consumer choice on which realtor they use, um, how they sell their home, whether to be represented or not. Consumer choice is absolutely critical, and consumers are both buyers and sellers. So it's not just buyers, and as you as you point out, and so we need the the, the items to make sense for both buyers and sellers, and so. Uh, consumer choice is an important part of that. And when it comes to selling your home, we believe the homeowners uh, should be in, uh, in the driver's seat as to how they, how they do that. And David, you mentioned that the Liberals' platform includes a ban on blind bidding. What exactly is that? You know, the, the traditional offer uh, process uh, has a circumstance that if there are multiple offers on a property, um, the... Uh, the regulations are that uh, the provincial regulations are that we would disclose to uh, interested parties uh, when we've received a written offer and how many written offers we have, but we're not able to disclose the contents of those offers. Um, and so that's the uh, that's what the process is, um, and uh, sellers choose that um, uh, more uh, most of the time. Uh, you know, auctions are permitted in the province of Ontario. Consumers have that choice now. We think they should always have that choice. And so uh, we don't think that the, taking that choice away from uh, sellers is the right uh, the, is the right way forward. 
And David, I think one of the misconceptions is that an auction process would help control pricing and not escalate it at the, the levels that it's uh, appreciating at right now. However, if we take a deeper look into countries or nations that do use the auction process, such as Australia, there's no guarantee that the price would calm down considering if we use the auction process or the traditional process. You're absolutely right. You know, the, the Australian uh, experience is that prices have continued to go up. Um, many, they have the option there as well, so that's, uh, that's a key element for them. They have the option to use one or the other. And many sellers uh, use the auction process because they feel they get more money. Um, so, you know, that, uh, so I think that you're absolutely right, is, is that there's no guarantee that this would cool it down. You know, and, and, and you know, I, I'm an active realtor, and, you know, sometimes after the end of a process and somebody, uh, you know, might have been 725 and, and uh, it went, uh, property went for 750 and they say, well, I would have been 750 So, you know, once they know the number, they would have said, well, I would have been comfortable going to that. And then maybe the 750 went to 775 So you're absolutely right. I mean, opening up the uh, items, uh, opening up the offers, there's no guarantee that that would cool down price, uh, prices. In fact, uh, evidence to the, to the contrary. And it's not just price as we know in offers. It's closing date. It's conditions. It's inclusions because sometimes those are significant. It's terms. So, you know, we really evaluate all kinds of things, not just price, when we, when we deal with offers. And so that's really uh, an important part of this is, is that, uh, you know, the, the process isn't just about price, and we need to make sure that the buyers and sellers have the protections that uh, currently exist in the, in, the, in the process. So that's why we took uh, – that's why we don't think the consumer choice should be taken away. Um, and that's why we wanted to highlight that so that the, the voters could uh, be aware of the issue. So, David, we've heard from buyers on this show who say they've been involved in the multiple offer scenario. What do you want to say to them? You know, it is, um, it is uh, difficult sometimes to, to purchase a property. And ARIA absolutely feels for, uh, for people that are trying to get into a, a, a property and first-time buyers. We, we truly do, which is why we've been uh, singing from, uh, from, the, from the mountaintops for a while and our member boards have as well. It's not just Aria. The member boards around the province have been doing this. And so we, we, increasing supply is the best way uh, to uh, address the imbalance of high demand um, and lower supply. And so we really think that, that uh, this is something that we really care very, very much about. And um, so we really uh, are, are sympathetic to that, and this is the best way to address it. And you have been saying, you know, there, there's other ways, not just building homes, but converting commercial properties, uh, you know, that might not be uh, optimally used uh, to, to residential properties. Um, so there's a lot of different ways that this can happen. Um, you know, um, all, all three parties have put forward uh, plans to deal with uh, money laundering, and so maybe some not productive properties will be back into the, uh, into the pool for people to purchase. So uh, we really care very much about these things, but we want to be focused on the right uh, and productive things, and that would be supply. And we don't think that uh, the one issue that we talked about today should distract us away from the fact that supply is a key issue, and all parties have a plan for that, and we're excited about that. Agree. Supply is uh, is going to be the main issue that uh, solves the the pricing problem, as well as you know helping to curb demand. Uh, the one thing that all three parties have mentioned is 
you know, cracking down on foreign buyers or foreign ownership. And what we've seen in the Toronto market is this maybe makes up for 2 or 3% of the home sales. So why is the foreign ownership aspect being touted by all three parties? Because it doesn't really have as much of a, a play in the market as it, the perception appears to be. Yeah, and I think that that's really very important because I think that when you make decisions, they should be based on good data. And so the, the 2 or 3%, um, you know, I know that uh, boards have done research on what the percentage are of, uh, of foreign buyers, and I think that that's important. Uh, you know, and then you know, the question comes up uh, out in British Columbia as well, I think. Um, so I think that that's important to be making decisions based on data. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, I don't know whether it's a, it's a perception. You know, the, the, the prices went up, demand went up, the market over the last 18 months during the pandemic was fueled by buyers wanting to own uh, uh, properties, and the, and the incidence of foreign buyers was very, very low. And, you know, and, and I think that people should understand that this happened in the, in the last 18 months when we really haven't had a whole lot of immigration. You know, immigration is important to this country. Uh, and, you know, when, uh, when that tap gets turned back on, demand will, uh, will increase uh, again. So, um, you know, the, the, the supply issues are urgently needed. Uh, all three levels of government, not just the federal government, the provincial government and the, and the municipalities have a role to play on zoning issues. And, um, and, uh, and so everybody has a role to play. And we're, we're delighted that the conversations are happening. And uh, we look forward to uh, productive uh, discussions with all three levels of government. So we're excited about that for sure. And David, what's Aria's perspective on the Conservatives' promise to remove stress test requirements? What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that um, you know, the, the demand side has um, been, um, been something that has been high. And I don't think that the stress test has really had a, a significant uh, impact on, uh, on buyers because you know, most of my buyers, uh, you know, when the stress test came in, they weren't going to go to their max anyway. Um, so uh, I think that it might impact uh, uh, maybe a small percentage of the, uh, of the buyers, but I really don't think that that's going to have a significant impact um, on, uh, on many buyers. Um, but I'd be interested in, uh, in a SIF's uh, uh, perspective on that as well, um, you know, as to what his, uh, his view on that is um, in, in the Toronto market. You know, that's a great question, and, and the stress test certainly has caused stress for a lot of our buyers in the marketplace, and mainly because they're qualifying at, at such a high rate that we probably won't hit in the next five or ten years. What it's doing is it's taking away buying power from people. So I think limiting it or removing it would help with the purchasing because it opens up a lot more options for buyers that are out there looking. And with that, uh, I think it gets more people into home ownership and maybe uh, a bit easier to do than trying to change uh, the way things have been done and, you know, maybe not achieving the, the desired results uh, that, uh, that they're intending on doing. But I think a lot of the uh, proposals that were made, uh, you know, with the blind bidding, they're hypothetical situations. I, I don't think they can come into play. What are your thoughts on, uh, on that, David? Yeah, I think that uh, it, does, um, uh, it does make um, fewer buyers um, uh, have an opportunity to get into the market at, at the margins, right? And so 
you know, I think that in, in my market, the prices aren't as, as high as uh, in, in your market, um, you know, but uh, it still has a, has a slight impact. But you know, I haven't seen it in my own individual, uh, you know, buyers that, that it's had an impact, but you're absolutely right. I mean, to, to make somebody qualify on, a, on an interest rate that's, you know, three, three or four points higher than what they're able to borrow at, and then they can lock in at a fixed rate, uh, does seem to be a bit short-sighted, that's for sure. That's awesome, David. Thank you for the, the great information. We look forward to getting another update from you later on in the election campaign. And, uh, again, thank you very much for joining us on, on the market. It's been my pleasure. Thank you both. When we come back, a penny per square foot or 10 bucks a lot. Where in Canada are these bargains to be had? That story after the break. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. On the Market is back. I'm Tina Cortez, and this is York Region's only radio real estate show. Over to my co-host, Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties with today's next guest. Thank you, Tina. Joining us is Peter Squire. Peter is the Vice President of External Relations and Market Intelligence for the Winnipeg Regional Real Estate Board. Peter, welcome to On the Market. Glad to be with you today. Peter, before we talk about the promotions like a penny per square foot, what can you tell us about the Winnipeg real estate market? Well, uh, we're, we're having a, our best year ever, like probably some other boards uh, across the country. And uh, right now, currently, uh, as of the first seven months, uh, we're, we're up 36% in terms of our overall MLS sales, uh, which is, uh, you know, record-breaking because last year was a record-setting year and the year before was a record-setting year. So we're now on to our third record-setting sales here. Uh, dollar volume is, is even higher then that 36% increase uh, for the first seven months, we're up nearly 52%. We're up around we're around four billion dollars in in overall um, dollar volume. And, and and like I said, in, in terms of that 36% increase in sales, that's close to 12,000 sales so far this year for for Winnipeg and the surrounding rural municipalities. We have quite a large uh, regional market besides the city of Winnipeg. And Peter, is Winnipeg having the same issue as Toronto and the GTA with inventory? Oh yes, our market's tight too. Um, just for your information, in the first millennium decade, uh, and that actually was a study Remax did uh, across the country. Uh, Winnipeg had the tightest market in the in the country. We had six consecutive years of double digit price increases. So. You know, seeing this market in the last year since the pandemic took hold is not new to us, but certainly we are, we are in line with some other, uh, you know, markets across the country like the GTA where, you know, in terms of single family homes, if we were just, you know, based on the, you know, the, the current sales, we have you know, a little over a month of inventory, uh, you know, without bringing on new listings. And for condominiums, it's more three to four months. So a little bit better for condominiums, though single family, which is clearly the number one uh, choice of, of consumers in our market, because we have, you know, very good affordability compared to some other more expensive markets in the country. Uh, we are in short supply for sure. 
And and we've seen a trend here since COVID started from people, you know, trading in their condos in the city and moving out to the, the burbs for single family detached. And you have some pretty cool initiatives out in Winnipeg there where some communities are trying to entice people to make that switch from city lights to rural nights. Tell us about that. Well, you know, we've always had uh, probably the last 10 years uh, at least, we, we've seen a real, uh, you know, uh, a lot more new construction out around Winnipeg, and it just seems to be accelerating more now uh, with with larger lot availability. We're like other, you know, major cities across the country where lots have gotten that much smaller for new builds uh, because they're trying to obviously increase their density and be more efficient with their infrastructure. So you find when you move outside, cities you can find larger lots and in a number of cases they're more affordable than city lots so we've certainly seen that trend for a while but really what uh, the pandemic's done it, it's accelerated that trend and and we like other markets have seen a real boom in vacant land sales outside the city like for example this year we're up 92 percent in vacant land sales compared to last year. And last year was our, our best vacant land sale year, you know, given that, you know, the pandemic really took hold in April, May, and, and we had such a strong second half of 2020. So that just shows you. And vacant land, by the way, is, is largely a rural phenomenon. It's We don't have a lot of vacant land sales available within Winnipeg. Uh, so really, when we see those increases, it's it's outside the city. And a lot of those lots are building lots. Some are in lake country areas as well. So people are looking to, you know, work remotely uh, from home and really looking at, at that as an, as an alternative to living in the city. So these promotions that we've heard about, the penny per square foot or 10 bucks a lot, uh, um, uh, how far away from the Winnipeg Centre are they? You know what, that's... I can't even tell you where that is. I know it's not in our market region. I think, I, I think it's out in southwestern Manitoba, which would not be in our market region. I think it would be south of Brandon, which is our second largest city. And I think it's in that kind of corner of the province. Um, we, we cover southeastern Manitoba, but southwestern is really under the Brandon Real Estate Board. And they'd be better able to uh, tell you what's happening in, in, in regard to that, that one promote. I have heard of that promotion, but it's certainly not around Winnipeg or even I, I don't even believe it's in our market region, that, that one town that's offering those penny lots mm-hmm. or that area, that community. Now, looking uh, back to how 2020 was and, and where do you see 2021 finishing up? Well, I've already come out with five months to go saying we've set another record, so I don't usually do that so prematurely. Uh, but we're so far out ahead, even if we start falling back, which we have a bit. You have to remember, we're comparing our, our, our months now up against the best months we ever had starting in June of 2020. You know, we had a, we've had a full year of record months compared to the same month the year before. So now we're starting to slow down a little bit as, as we did in July and, and even looking at August. We're not going to match last year's August. So 
So we're still going to be well ahead, in my view, of last year. Last year, we finished off at 16,000 sales, and our best year ever before was less than 14,000. I think this year we're going to be around 18,000. We might even be higher, depending on how things uh, you know, shape up for the rest of the year. Uh, and part of that's getting more inventory uh, available for sale. If people are more comfortable putting their homes on the market, because we are one of the best provinces, as you may have heard, uh, we have, I think, the highest rate of vaccination across the country. And uh, so I'm hoping that and, and more will be get, become fully vaccinated in the next few months. So that will help maybe ease some of the concerns of those uh, sellers, potential sellers that were reluctant to put their homes on the market during the pandemic. So I'm hopeful that we'll, we'll definitely see another record year. And, and, and of course, in dollar volume, where we are close to $5 billion, I think we're going to be around $6 billion. So we have seen some price push uh, around 11 12%, not anywhere near what you're seeing around, you know, in the GTA in Ontario. But certainly, you know, we're, we've got into the double digits for, for our market, our housing market, for single family. Condominiums are still staying very reasonable around 2 to 3%. They're about on average, two hundred and forty to two hundred forty-five thousand in, in price. And what is the average price of a single-family home, a detached home in Winnipeg? Yeah, a home it, it, it's sitting right now around year to date about three eighty. We've fallen back to three seventy-five in July, and we're sitting around that price uh, right now uh, in, in August. So you know. Uh, so I think it'll probably be in around the 370 to 380 when, you know, the year comes to an end. When we look at the, uh, we're part of that HPI index, which you're probably aware of that Korea has set up that's across the country. And when you look at our index, our, um, our condo index for the most typical condo is sitting around 210,000. And for a two-story Single-family home, it's 350000 That's the CREA's uh, home price index gauge. And are you okay. seeing multiple offers there in Winnipeg? Oh, <laughs> yes. No, we've, again, we've, for single-family homes, we've been more than one out of two uh, listings this year that have sold have been selling in the last few months and probably even on average for the year, has been selling, have been receiving multiple offers. So, again, that speaks to the shortage of listings and the overwhelming demand that we've had for single-family homes. So that's been a real challenge for us. And we've had a lot of situations where we've had 15, 20, even more uh, offers on one home, and a number of them have sold for well over list price, you know, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand, some even up to a hundred thousand uh, dollars, which is a lot for our market. I know in in your markets, I, I've read stories of a lot more above list price, but certainly um, they are selling for, in a number of cases, for well above list price. Uh, based on all those offers that we're seeing on, on desirable uh, single-family homes in a number of neighborhoods in Winnipeg and even outside in some of the rural municipalities. Peter, that's great information. Thank you for joining on the market and enlightening us about uh, the Winnipeg real estate market. Uh, if people want more information on the Winnipeg market, do you have a website for your board that they can go to? 
Well, I think the best one to go to for just to check out our all our listings and the current activity would be going to the uh, our Winnipeg Real Estate News dot com website. Uh, we have our own uh, newspaper, which I, I write uh, a column uh, on every week, and uh, we also have it online, and that also features all of our current listings. So that would probably be the best site I'd recommend people to go to. So it's Winnipeg Real Estate. Winnipeg Regional Real Estate News uh, dot com. I I I I've got to catch myself here because it's been Winnipeg Real Estate News dot com for a long time. So it's Winnipeg Regional Real Estate News dot com. That's awesome. Thank you so much, and uh, we look forward to checking in with you later on in the year and seeing how things went in Winnipeg. Okay. All the best in Ontario. Thanks so much. When we come back, your questions for Asif Khan. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. Time now for our listener questions, and we begin in King with a question from Marie. She wants to know the do's and don'ts when helping your son with a down payment. We've heard a great deal, Asif, about to the bank of mom and dad, haven't we? We sure have, and, and there's lots of ways, and a lot of the parents will ask us, you know, how do I protect myself when I'm going into this? And uh, there, there's so many different ways you can do it. So it just depends on your son's first mortgage and what that allows. Some of them will allow you to put a second mortgage on it. Some of you, some of them may not, and uh, you can always do a an agreement, a side agreement with your son to repay this money or uh, however you want to work it. The lawyers would be the best to advise you on that because they would have all the paperwork from the banks and they would be able to set up uh, either a lien on the property or a second mortgage or a personal security agreement for the funds. So it just depends on how carefully you want to structure it and uh, what is allowed to be done based on the terms of the first mortgage. And it's always a good idea, you suggest, to get things in writing, as they say? It sure is. You know, you just want to protect yourself. And although it is your son and, uh, you know, you want to help them out, it's uh, sometimes a good idea just to have everything in place in case things don't work out. And, uh, you know, you want to be able to be protected for that. Our next question comes from Candace in Markham. She plans to buy a condo in the GTA, but wants to know if she should go the route of a pre-construction condo or resale. Asif, can you help her decide? Yeah, we sure can. It just depends on your appetite for, uh, you know, if you're buying a pre-construction, there's going to be some trying times at the beginning where there could be some delays. Uh, when you move in, there could still be construction and noise going on in the building uh, because usually they, they work their way uh, from floor to floor, completing it. So, you know, it just depends on your appetite. If you're okay waiting, you know, six months, seven, eight months for the gym to be ready or the amenities to be ready, uh, or you go the resale room and you're able to see everything as it is finished. And you know that when you're moving in, you're getting exactly what you see, whereas in pre-construction, there's a lot happening and you're pretty much still buying off of plans and, uh, you know, you have to 
uh, just wait it out, and uh, in the end, you, it's there's still going to be the same product. It just depends on your appetite for uh, how you want to uh, make that move in and uh, write out the construction details and processes. As a reminder, you can send your questions anytime to info at 1059theregion.com. But Asif, if our listeners have more questions and prefer to contact you directly, how can they do that? You know, they can always reach me at 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. That's our show for this week. If you missed any part of On the Market, go to 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.